0: Welcome to That's My Personal Business, where we are pulling back the curtain on all things personal, all things business, and all things in between. Every Monday, we're hopping into your headphones to help you skip the learning curve by hearing from industry professionals, including myself. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach who now gets to lead hundreds of creative entrepreneurs in building lives of artistic growth, wealth, and freedom. And now it's time for you to do the same. Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Whether this is your 100th episode or your first, I'm so glad you're here. I feel like I'm doing a radio voice, and I'm not sure how to feel about that, but welcome. I promise I don't always talk like I have a radio voice. This is a normal podcast that is very conversational. Pinky. So, Anyway, (laughs) great start to the podcast, but it is the second week of January 2024, if you can believe it, I cannot, and this month's theme is photography, which I have just been so excited about because we haven't done a photography theme in a while, and as I'm personally getting back into photography, opening up my books for weddings again, it's been so fun to kind of like start having conversations revolving photography again rather than just the business side of things or the consultation side of things. Things. And we have had already such an amazing guest, Daniel Kim, on the podcast last week, if you missed it. And this week, I'm so excited because we have the incredible Annie Graham on the podcast. I have been following Annie for years and years and years. I'm sure you have as well. If you don't know who Annie is, Doubt it. I feel like you probably do know who Annie is. Um, But it was so fun to chat with her and get to pick her brain and learn more about her career and what's led her here, especially as she's made like some changes within her business and where it's going and things like that. So I'm super excited to dive into today's episode with you. I'm not going to talk too much other than to let you know two things, which is that one, we are nearing the time for the in person flash photography workshop that is in March and we have a few spots left. So if if you're wanting to perfect your portfolio, work on your flash photography skills, and expand your portfolio with a stunning set of shoots, come join us in New York City. It's going to be amazing. This is our second annual one, and last year was absolutely incredible. The reviews speak for themselves. I feel like it was everyone's like favorite thing that we've done in person in a while, so come join us. There's a really small group because I like keeping things a little bit more intimate. We're going to have dinner, do a Q&A. All of that good stuff. So it's going to be very educational, very helpful. I'm stoked. And then I've been getting some DMs lately about what things are looking like one on one coaching wise. And right now, the only thing that we are doing, slash, I am doing, because it's just me who does the one on one coaching, is VIP days, which are essentially a one day workshop dedicated completely to your business. So imagine going to a workshop or like a huge retreat, but it's just literally only about your business specifically rather than a group of people. They're insane. We get so much done during them. It's wild. So we have a couple spots left this month as well as next month so i will link that for you guys below but anyway let me start stop blabbing not start i've done enough of that but i hope you guys are having a great start to your 2024 i hope it's going magically i'm so grateful you're here don't forget to share this on your stories subscribe leave us a review all of that good stuff so we can keep the podcast going all of that yumminess and let's get started with annie graham Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. Today we have Annie Graham. Annie, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hear about your story, your career, development, all of that good stuff. But for those who may not know you yet, would you mind giving us a little intro? Yes.
1: I am a wedding photographer based in Oregon. And I have been doing this full time for six years. And not full-time for much longer than that probably 12 or 13 now what are we 2023 yeah I'm like, 13 I have no idea <laughs> I know I was doing a little bit for a while and then this last year I just transitioned into shooting luxury weddings I also have a education business so I do a lot of education for photographers and workshops and um courses online and all of that so I feel like most
0: of my business in life is split between weddings and education. Amazing. How how has the transition from elopements into luxury been? That's like a really big shift. Oh, it's insane.
1: Yeah, no, not good for mental health.
0: <laughs> what made you want to make that shift? Was it like a natural thing? Was it an intentional decision?
1: No, it was intentional. I mean, I still just really, really love elopements. I think that's just kind of where my heart is and maybe always will be because I pretty much eloped and I I think I just found so much meaning and depth in you know smaller, more intentional weddings and gatherings and all of that. But as soon as I had my first kid, I just felt this really strong pull to transition my lifestyle from basically spending like 250 days on the road to, how can I now balance and create work that I feel really connected to and still be at home and not be traveling for more than half of the year? And I kind of had a few options in mind of, you know, what's my next step forward? And it actually took me over a year to decide what to do because it just felt like such a huge pivot in my career. And, you know, it even played a part in my education because I did a lot of education on elopements. And so that has been influenced as well. But yeah, it was really intentional, mostly just to find a different balance to lifestyle with family and travel and all of that. And so I decided to go back into weddings and to do them in a really intentional way still. And I kind of like really naturally landed in a higher end luxury market just because of how much I wanted to, I guess, just trying to, for me, trying to discover how much I was willing to give to travel and being away from such small children. Mm -hmm. That might change as they get older. But I think for this season, for sure, it was kind of almost out of necessity. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to do. This is how much time I have to give. And how can I work and be Intentional on these really big projects instead of doing a bunch of small ones all throughout the year, it's like I wanted to transition to this one big event, this one big wedding with a whole team and a team that I was bringing. And for me to not do it alone and to kind of put all of my time and energy into this like incredible day instead of you know shooting thirty to forty events all throughout the year, all over the world like. Mm-hmm. It's like I just consolidated all the energy that I was putting out and wanted to put it in one place. And I just naturally fell into the high-end luxury world because that's kind of what facilitates that much time and energy and attention. So but that was that makes sense. the reason for the big shift.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. So I would love to get into that more because that is such, you know, you're known for or we're known for your like crazy expansive travel elopements like you're saying um i'm like i feel like i can always picture your images in my head um of you traveling the world and that is so so different than this luxury market especially if you were specializing in elopements rather than weddings even like i'm sure the transferring of portfolios was even a very specific thing so could you talk us through what that looked like for you like in the beginning when you were like okay personal things need to change. I want more time at home. I think I want to break more into a market where I can work less often and at a bigger, more luxury price point. What was kind of your first couple steps?
1: Well, number one, I had to change my content. (laughs) (laughs) I had to be relevant to that type of client. And that's something that I'm still working on. Uh, It definitely takes at least a year, I think, to transition what you're really sharing to kind of match what you want to be shooting. I think people don't really understand just how long it actually takes for not just your content to change, but for people's ideas and, and represent, like, you know, the fact that everybody knows and remembers me as an elopement photographer obviously doesn't surprise me. people that don't even know that i shoot weddings now also doesn't surprise me because it takes kind of a while to really transition and find um your voice and an entirely new niche, an entirely new type of image that you're sharing so first with content i needed to sadly stop sharing all my yosemite elopements and all of that which i still shot last year so that i could focus on sharing content that was going to be relevant to my potential client and then the second thing too was just kind of updating everything that I had online so you know changing the verbiage and the copy of what was on my website I did an entire rebrand which ended up something that I had wanted to do for a while anyways and it just had so perfectly lined up with and kind of pushed me to make that decision to transition into luxury weddings was having an entire rebrand of my website so that I could be really um, intentional about what I was saying and sharing there. Because I think words have so much weight in how you represent yourself. And I think people really underestimate that. So it was, I needed to change the visual and I needed to change the verbal expression of who I was as a photographer. So that was, and still is definitely a huge priority for me. And then it was just apart from the followers that I have already, it was okay, there's this whole market of wedding photographers and luxury wedding photographers, and they don't know who I am. Mm. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> and so, because I think so much of weddings you get from you know referrals from wedding planners or florists, or, hey, I can't shoot this wedding, but I know this other photographer who can, so other photographers. And I just like wasn't even in that circle. Mm. And so I have put a lot of um, intention into just getting my name and my work published again, which I had not had published in a while. And, um, you know, trying to get on the radar of wedding planners who work in that market, who are connected with my potential clients and basically just kind
0: of, I don't know, throw myself in the running, I guess. Yeah. What did like so many questions, Um, but one, what did your like networking kind of look like when it comes to connecting with those like planners or vendors that would be in the sphere that you want to be in? Um, I think a lot of people get really nervous about the concept of networking like it seems really really scary or they picture like classic networking giant events which they're just not um how did you kind of approach that
1: the biggest thing that i started with was like yes this is uncomfortable i'm not going to do something that i don't know how to do i'm starting with the people i know mm. so i just started with the planners that i had already known and worked with in the past, even though it had been a couple of years and just wanted to make sure that they knew this is what I was doing. That's obviously unique to me. Right. And, um, but I just, and I think that that's like such an important thing when you're just putting yourself out there in general is like, don't start with a stranger and Mm -hmm. then work your way back. Like start with your inner circle and the people that you already know, and then work your way out to like their connections and then work your way out to random strangers like follow that progression that I think everybody does when they start their business you know you don't start a photography business and then look for strangers to hire you like you usually Mm. shoot for your friends and then your friends of friends and then other referrals and then eventually people will randomly find you and book you so it's exactly the same concept of who do you already know that's planning weddings that you've worked with before you know whether it's somebody that I met at a workshop even or um had done a style to shoot with and um had shot a wedding with in the past who has also been growing into luxury weddings and started with them first to just establish like, hey, I'm doing weddings again. Can we work together? <laughs> I'd love to work together. And then I kind of worked my way out from there, which was, you know, okay, how can I be it's like, how can you network into that second group of like your friend's friends? Because you can't, you can't really like force somebody to refer you. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, my approach is you have to, I don't know, be the type of photographer that a planner would want to work with. You have to gain their trust. You have to gain the trust of other vendors. So Being really intentional about sharing their work, making sure they get quality content from you, making sure that you're putting time and energy into that as well as um, you know, your clients, like vendors, have become really important to me. Like, how can I connect with them at a wedding that I shoot? Um, anytime that I'm working with them, what do they also need? Because I have so much power as a photographer. Like I, I represent all of their work so how can i do that in the best way that's my approach to like that second ring of how can i get connected with people who would want to refer me and who would feel really confident referring me mm. and then of course like getting published i think is probably the easiest way for me to think of like getting random stranger people to recognize me and then you know making a connection with that publisher or that editor because who knows the type of connections you're going to get from like any of, you know, like yeah, I've been referred like everyone's for stuff a potential that, client. Yeah. Like I've been referred for stuff from the most random, for the most random reason and from the most random person. So I think um it's not as intimidating as it needs to be because you don't have to like, you can, I'm, I haven't, I might need to at some point, but I don't think you have to just start like, cold calling and touching strangers' emails and being like, oh, I want to work with you because when does anything like that live in your inbox? And you're like, oh, wow, I want to work with you too. Yay. <laughs> almost never, almost never. So instead of putting all of this pressure and time into doing something that really doesn't actually have a very high success rate and is almost like a little cringy, like it's almost working against you, how can you just focus on the people you know and then being that type of vendor that is so easy to refer because you trust so much. So I guess that's my approach to it because I totally see it as this just like fog, like how, but how do I even jump this giant body of water to get to the other side of what I'm looking for? there are no steps. Mm -hmm. And um, there are, I think, you're just overthinking it, probably.
0: <laughs> which <laughs> is too much
1: pressure on yourself of things. Yeah.
0: Okay. I love that. I also just think people need to hear repeatedly that like they're overthinking things, myself included. <laughs> like it doesn't need to be as complicated as we make it. Um, my question for you is as you went from elopements, which come with their own sets of challenges and situations and ways of navigating, both on like a technical and a personal standpoint did you find that your photography skills and the way that your clients maybe operated within a workflow or process changed when you made this transition like did you have to make any big changes on even just how you would approach photographing the day
1: biggest change was just a totally different level of communication with my clients so high-end clients you know they're they're paying for the service of somebody to kind of take care of things for them. And that's the planner. And um, so I communicate with the planner way more than I communicate with my clients. And, you know, I might have one call with them where we talk about like, what's our plan? What's really important to you? What, you know, what what can I bring to your day? But it's nothing compared to the like 50 emails back and forth I had with the Little bit clients where I'm helping them plan the entire thing. I guess I was in the shoes of the planner. So I switched back to just being a vendor. Just being a vendor
0: photographer. We love to hear it. Um <laughs> did you notice a change in like your actual photography style? No. I think that surprised me a lot too.
1: I think what I was doing in allotments is like exactly what a high-end client wants. Mm. They want something that's tailored to them. They want something that's intentional. They want something that is creative and is really beautiful. And um you know somebody that kind of can mesh and mold into any environment and to really be present. And I felt like everything that I was doing with allotments it was so It was so easy for me to transition that into luxury because like I even have actually a sticky note on my wall (laughs) that says luxury is personal and on purpose. It's about the experience and the exclusivity. And that's what people want to pay for and can pay for is something that feels really tailored to them, which is 100% in elopement and something that feels more, like an experience from a professional and not just somebody showing up and doing their job Mm -hmm. and I think there's obviously a wide range of the type of photographers that exists in that niche where I don't see that happening but that's not the client that I want anyways and so the things that turned me off about the luxury market were like Things that turned me off about regular weddings and things that turned me off about elopements, like it exists everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And realizing that there is a hundred percent this um, transference between the two, that um, elopements actually gave me, I feel like an edge to getting into the luxury market really easily because I had been giving so much to my clients and tailoring everything to them and. I think, you know, other than dusting off my old flash and giving myself a little refresher on how to use that thing, because there's no, not often a need for it or like a reception environment in general in um, an elopement versus a wedding day. But I think other than that, I didn't feel like I have had to focus on or change anything about what I do and how I do it. It was more like How do I take what I already have that already exists and I'm not even really adding anything to it or taking anything away. I'm just repositioning it to this other client
0: Mm. and
1: they, and they exist and they want that too. And it's refreshing because not every luxury wedding photographer operates that way. So that actually really surprised me that, and that was something that was a big deal too. I was like, if I'm going to get into this, here's the thing. I'm doing it because (laughs) I definitely stretch in the business with motherhood and now anticipating my second baby. What is that going to look like? How can I be all here and all there? Because I I don't feel like I have the capacity to like half-ass anything. Mm -hmm. I have to be fully present here and I have to be fully present there. So I don't want to add on all this stuff, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to now be a luxury wedding photographer. And that means I have to like add on all these experiences and offerings and gifts and all this stuff, like a a big, a big thing for me was I don't want to do that. And is that possible because I'm doing this out of necessity because and and with intention and I'm curious I want to know if there's a type of client who would like what I'm already doing Mm -hmm. in the luxury market Mm -hmm. and I was surprised to find that yes absolutely there is
0: yeah what a like beautiful testament to the fact that like there truly is An ideal client for everyone and it's not necessary to change what you love or what you're doing or the way that you want to show up as an artist just because you think that's what a certain aspect of the market wants
1: I find that a lot actually when I talk to photographers is they're they're like this is what I want to get into but if this is what it is I don't want it and I'm like you can make it what you want it to be Mm -hmm. there's somebody that wants it and maybe it's refreshing because the luxury market doesn't quite have it.
0: No. <laughs> and absolutely. what you
1: offer is it's this really beautiful experience of being intentional um, that a lot of people don't want to give up. And why, why should you?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's like so refreshing to hear too, because like you said, the luxury market does have such a rep for being like very impersonal you don't get to know your clients they want almost like a blueprint of what they're going to expect on the day it's not very individualistic and I think that keeps a lot of people from the luxury market so it's so nice to hear that that's not something that you have to sacrifice in order to work within this realm
1: yeah no I don't think so at all and that was a big like I'm not going to cross this line because it's not worth it for me and that I think that actually played a part in why it took me so long to decide Cause I felt that like looking at the luxury market, you're like, what? Mm. It's, it feels so impersonal. It feels so copy paste. The pictures feel so unemotional. They feel so, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the word quite is, but it, there is this impression of distance disconnection.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's what I walked away from weddings in the first place and what got into elopements for. So now walking back into weddings, I just had this like really clear light in the sand where I was like, if I'm coming back, <laughs> if I'm doing this again, I have to bring this with me because mm-hmm. I I don't find that I can really operate without that, that relationship and intention and all of that. And the communication part, I think with clients in that I'm not messaging them back and forth many, many times, but it might just be one email or one phone call or one piece of connection before the wedding day. Um, I was a little on edge about that. Like, what does that mean? What is that going to be like in person? And I don't know. I just had the best clients so far this year (laughs) that that were just, they were so my people, you know, we live a different life, but Oh, everything that I wanted to give was everything that they wanted. It was like such a perfect fit. And So it was just, yeah, again, affirming that this absolutely exists and the people that want it will want you.
0: Mm. And I love that you like kind of drew that line in the sand beforehand of like, this is where, you know, that would be a make or break for me. And I think that's so important to know beforehand, like what feels good to you, what's going to feel good to you, what your lines are in terms of like artistry versus client expectations, all of that good stuff. So I love that. That's amazing to hear. And I think like so encouraging for anyone that's wanting to, like you said, like find more duality in their life and more nuance between the two and like have more free time outside of work. Um, As we kind of close up, what would you say like during this big transition? And you said you're like, what, like a year into this transition? Is that right? Mm, not quite.
1: Almost okay. Nine months
0: or so. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. So like nine months, what has been your favorite part of it and what has been either like the biggest challenge or your least favorite part
1: well i think my favorite part has been that i really wanted to i don't know it's just it's this really different perspective working with such a large budget like you're getting paid so much more for a wedding but i i'm putting so much more back into it the type of second shooters that i'm hiring assistants um, including film, um, researching so much more about the venue and the timeline and what I'm gonna do when and like I have the whole day thought out, like I'm gonna use this lens and I'm gonna do this and oh, what if we, you know, like I, I feel like really creatively inspired by doing less and mm-hmm. having more to give to each of those projects. And I was like, this is what I've been wanting. <laughs> like this is this is how I wanted to transition bringing that type of intention that I had with elopements into a high-end market and just having more room to put more time and energy and effort and finances and resources into creating something like a masterpiece each wedding just feels like a masterpiece you know and it's just been so incredible because I feel like then the work is so leveled up because I put all this extra time and resources into it and the people that I'm getting to work with are just so incredible and so creative and it's just like I don't know I think it's just been that's definitely been a huge highlight for me is it's it's just been really creatively inspiring to to work on these really really big projects uh the hardest thing though I mean this is mostly just relevance to me in general is. I'm pregnant and I'm due in a few weeks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I I'm like stopping my wedding season in the middle of the year. Mm. <laughs> the summer. And this year of transition is like cut short almost because now, you know, it's only July August. I had to decline so many incredible opportunities this fall when I'm going to be in um, postpartum recovery and it just puts so much mental emotional pressure on me of like how can I use this year of transition oh and you only get half of it
0: yeah that's like a very get till July yeah I'm like it's very fascinating
1: (laughs) and I shot weddings into the beginning of July and I was like crawling afterwards because it's just so much pressure on my body and my hips and all of that to work um, until I was 32 weeks. It was, some people can really go for it. But for me, I was like, this is absolutely my limit. And that was with like a lot of physical support, having an assistant, having a personal trainer, like making sure that I could get to that finish line. So that was really hard personally for me, just how can I do this and how can I do this all in this really short window? Because, okay, finishing up in the beginning of July is really just six months, but nobody's shooting. I wasn't shooting weddings in January, February, March. Mm -hmm. So it was like, here's a challenge (laughs) to change all of my content, transition my entire career into this brand new niche for me, discover it, learn it, experience it. In only a handful of
0: weddings and then have a baby. And then clock out. Yeah. What is <laughs> and your. And then clock out. Yeah. I'm like, what do you kind of anticipate? Do you have plans for the future? Are you taking it like week by week? Like, what, how do you kind of anticipate everything going after this? Well, my
1: hope is that with what I was able to do with the last few months, I'll be able to at least get some more projects in 2024 that feel really similar and aligned. And I don't think I'll be like completely up and running as much as I would want to be in 2024. It might be really my second year of transition. Mm -hmm. And that's probably fine because I'll have yet another small child in my life that I'm learning to balance and feed and soothe and all of Mm -hmm. that. So, you know it's just kind of a weird couple of years. Mm -hmm. Why, why, why do I decide to make (laughs) such a huge transition?
0: Very exciting At the
1: same time as having a baby. (laughs) And it's so funny because I felt like I did the same thing with my first, I launched my education business the year, like a month before I had my first kid. So it's almost like, okay, maybe this is a trend actually. That when something huge is happening in my life, I feel all this motivation to make a change, to, Mm -hmm. to, to make sure that I am like moving in the right direction. And so it makes sense, but man, if I had done this last year, if I chose to do this next year, that would have been a hell of a lot easier.
0: Well, I'm excited to see where it leads you. I'm like, it sounds like big changes are like your version of nesting. Um, I guess so. Yeah. But Let's like, work on some massive projects. Yeah. But like, what a beautiful testament that you built such a beautiful like education business and that you were even able to like build such a fruitful business in a complete shift in just a few months. Like that's such a testament to, like one year hard work and also just the quality of your work so congratulations because that's that's huge and it's such a big thing to be proud of thanks yeah that's amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast annie this was like so enlightening i feel like i have so many thoughts as well that i'm gonna have to like think on and ponder on like what changes do i need to see more balance in my life in the ways that i do um Mm -hmm. and yeah thank you so much this was amazing you're so welcome. thanks for having me. thanks for coming. Um, obviously, we will link everything for you for our listeners in the show notes. But would you mind letting us know where everyone can learn from you, see your work, all of that good stuff?
1: Yes. So Annie Graham is my website and my Instagram. And then if you want to come for education, it's immersed education and all of our workshops and online courses are all hosted on there. So
0: amazing. yeah,, okay. thank you so much for coming, Annie. And thank you guys for listening.